As medical students go through the process of applying to and interviewing and training programs, many often wonder about the important role the program director will play in their lives. Today, I'll talk to Dr. Lindsay Poplinski, a PGY2 in psychiatry at Ohio Riverside Methodist Hospital. She and I will discuss what qualities, both personal and professional, are important in a program director and how trainees can have more of a say in the culture created by leadership in their programs. All right. Welcome, Dr. Poplinski. Thank you so much for speaking to me today. And I'm very happy to have you on the Training Office podcast. Um, And I'll just kind of start our discussion today by talking about the previous episode, which was focused on physician wellness. And um, I think that's a good segue into the topic that we're going to cover today, which is why it's so important for trainees to be in a program that has leadership that prioritizes wellness. So um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, thank you. And hello to you, Dr. Yazdani. Thank you so much for having me. And as you mentioned, your previous episode, I recently listened to it as well, and it's focused on resident wellness. And I want to thank you for the opportunity to discuss why quality program directors matter, because I actually came to this topic by way of resident wellness research. So one of my mentors, Dr. Alan Levy, was involved in a larger study called the Depress Ohio study, which it's it was published in 2019. And what it did was look broadly at depression in residents in the state of Ohio. So it surveyed all seven Ohio academic medical institutions um, and 10, 10 specialties within medicine. And it surveyed both residents in every year of training and their program directors. And so I'll just share uh, as a starting point one of the findings of that study. So 83.3% of program directors believed they could comfortably discuss depression with a depressed resident. But a lower percentage of their trainees, 69.1%, felt their training directors would be supportive. So despite many program directors feeling like this was a comfortable topic to discuss with their residents, not the same amount of residents were feeling comfortable doing that in return or that that would be um, a supportive environment with their program director. So I say this as a starting point because um, I think you know, this is speculative, but we could say that those results show that residents might underestimate how supportive their program directors might be, but also that the program director perceivably being supportive and accessible really matters because it, it can have uh, wide impacts like whether or not a depressed resident is comfortable going to their program director when they're feeling that way. Um, And additionally, the study also looked at, which I think is a really really unique uh, analysis that I really haven't seen anywhere else. They looked at characteristics of program directors and 
uh, how that affected the percentage of depressed residents in the program. Hmm. So what it found was that male program directors with an odds ratio of 8.52 or a director who had been trained training director for less than five years with an odds ratio of 7.09 had much greater odds of having more than the median proportion of depressed residents and neither program director age nor the number of residents in the program had a significant association with resident depression now we need more data to really see what is going on here but i i bring it up because i think that at least it's a start to attempt to highlight that there might be program director characteristics that are more advantageous than others in fostering a successful residency and success among its residents. Yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. I, you know, I, I'm glad that there's there are certainly areas uh, of focus that people are trying to kind of hone in on when it comes to sifting through this data, because as residents, most of the time, you know, when even during the time we're interviewing for training, uh, we always ask about wellness and nobody's going to say, no, wellness is not something that's a priority to our program, obviously. Um, And so it's important to kind of like sieve out and figure out really like where the difference is and and where it goes from actually keeping wellness as a priority to then implementing policies and processes within programs to ensure that wellness stays a practical priority during the time of training. So I'm curious, the first thing that kind of comes to mind is what is the difference? Like you said that in the beginning, per, there are a majority, majority of program directors believe that wellness is something that's important. And then there are many psychiatry residents that also obviously are on that same page, but don't feel like they can go to their program director if they feel like wellness is a challenge for them. So um, in your opinion, or based on the study, what do you think um, the divide is there? Why can't psychiatry residents feel like they can approach their program directors when they're feeling challenged in that area? Yeah, absolutely. And I I will give a shout out to psychiatry residents specifically in this regard, um, because the study did look at 10 different specialties and the data did suggest that psychiatry residency, res, residents specifically uh, found their program directors to be more supportive than residents in other specialties. Mm-hmm. And psychiatry residents were also more likely to believe they could ask their program director for help if depressed. So I think that, again, this is speculative, but I think that we could draw some further suggestions that us in psychiatry have a heightened awareness of these issues Mm -hmm. and possibly higher emotional intelligence. And so that this is really something that we have to be at the forefront of and advocating not only for our residencies and our specialty, but for medicine and medical medical education at large. But some of the things that I will say when I started to have an interest in this topic and I started to talk to other residents, I 
conducted a mini survey within my own residency and asked my co-residents in one word or phrase, what is the most important quality of a program director? Mm -hmm. And some of the more common responses that I received were empowerment, in your corner, non-judgmental, listener, and leader. Wow. Yeah, those are all really, really good, um, I guess, broad terms to define any leader, you know, within a program, whether it's within psychiatry or somewhere else. Um, So I hope that program directors can kind of live up to those uh, broad terms. Um, Do you feel like there's any one quality in particular that stands out um, in terms of importance for support for trainees? That's a good question. Um, I think I can only speak for myself mm-hmm. and say that I think being being a good listener as a program director, I think is what I would probably rate number one uh, because if a program director is really willing to listen to his or her residents, I think everything else can kind of fall into place. Mm -hmm. But without that piece, it's difficult to kind of create all of those other components. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. That's so true. And you know, what's interesting is over the last I'd say a decade or so, I've noticed a change in culture when it comes to uh, trainee support and having qualities that are um, supportive and promote an environment and a culture of acceptance and guidance and wellness within programs. And I think that generally psychiatry programs tend to be on, you know, pretty high up on that spectrum anyway, because we are supposed to teach our patients about ensuring that they take care of their mental health and engage in, in proper self-care activities. Uh, but I think across the board in medicine, I've noticed a shift from um, you know programs having a culture of being very dictatorial, um, very sort of structured in a way where you're supposed to just kind of keep your head down and get your work done and not really like rock the boat when it comes to having or requiring adjustments for your own life to now where, where I see, um, you know, medical students as well as new trainees that are going into, uh, into psychiatry and other specialties, really putting a very sort of, um, you know, high stake in ensuring that the leadership within their programs are going to promote wellness and be a source of support and be a listener as you, you know, as you mentioned, um, have you noticed a change at all over the last few years? Yes, absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. I, I think that it is important to talk about kind of the historically the very hierarchical nature of medical education and that traditionally it can be rather rigid and even somewhat dogmatic at times. And that I think now we're, we are starting to improve upon this and realize that there is an important distinction between facilitating growth in a resident to become a successful physician in however a particular hospital or institution may define success versus facilitating growth in a resident in a way that he or she wants to grow and uh, the type of physician that 
that resident wants to become and taking into consideration the resident's passion and desire because the, we all work very hard and a career in medicine is no small feat and if we aren't able to kind of grow in a way that incorporates our passions and desires it, it's likely not very sustainable right right exactly and you know it's interesting when i talk to physicians that are um i suppose a bit older and perhaps you know came the generation before us um, their entire approach to medicine and to practice and to self-care and wellness just seems to be so different than ours. And I think they can definitely appreciate, um, you know, the the fact that we kind of um, in medicine now, as we're sort of moving along in our training, um, there is definitely more of an emphasis of ensuring that you put yourself first and even medicine comes second. Whereas in the past, the mentality was very, very much that, you know, your work is above anything else and your own well-being, your own family, you know, all of these other components that are really important um, for the concept of wellness within um, a training program and a program director specifically just weren't at the top of the priority list. And, um, you know, I hope moving forward that programs are able to facilitate further discussions about why it's important for their directors to really prioritize wellness. Is there anything else other than wellness that you feel like um, needs to change in the realm of leadership in training programs? Thank you for asking. Yeah, I think I I also, when preparing for this podcast episode, I did reach out to my program director specifically for his take on this topic mm -hmm. as well. And again, this is only one program director perspective, but I think that it highlights some pertinent points. So if you don't mind, I would love to share his take on this as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. So uh, Dr. Bill Resch is my program director at uh, Ohio Health Riverside Methodist Hospital here in Columbus, Ohio. And he, this is his second go around as program director. And so he has a few years of experience in this realm and his advice about success as a program director was as follows. He said that resident program directors should be resident friendly in terms of accessibility, feedback, input, etc. At times, this can be a delicate balance weighing the various forces involved, including ACGME, med ed, faculty, and the system at large. Resident program directors should never ask residents to do something they wouldn't do or haven't done themselves. Program directors are always going to have high expectations for their residents, but should be satisfied by their residents giving 100% effort and becoming the best versions of themselves they can be, no matter where that lands them in terms of in-training exam scores, board scores, jobs, subspecialties, etc. The job of resident program director demands that the program director themselves is constantly learning along with the residents in terms of specialty specific content, different personalities, generational differences. 
And lastly, if a program director goes into the PD position for any other reason beyond the sole purpose of helping residents develop into successful young professionals, they aren't going to last long. Yeah, great points. Great points. I definitely like the last point. I think mm-hmm. I think that really like hits home for a lot of people because the friends and colleagues that I have that don't feel satisfied in their programs for whatever reason, um, a lot of times they mention that specifically is that they don't feel like um, their program director is really invested in their job or is there for the right reasons or really um, you know cares about their well-being. Um, and interestingly enough, what I've and this isn't you know any kind of research study or anything, this is just my own personal observation. I've seen that in programs where residents are worked very, very hard, meaning that their hours are tough and um, you know they have very little free time, but their program directors are very supportive and kind and caring and very invested in ensuring that residents develop appropriately as, uh, as trainees and as future attendings. Those, um, those residents themselves seem to be much happier than those that I know personally who maybe have more lax schedules or have more, um, you know, free time within the structure of their program, but they don't feel like their program director really truly cares about them. Have you, um, have you noticed that or do you have any thoughts on that? Absolutely. I could not agree more. I, uh, when I was reflecting on his points, what kind of stood out to me was that, you know, Going back, I I wonder how, when I was choosing a residency, how much emphasis did I really put on the program director? And I I do think that it was actually a a pretty large priority for myself, and I think that it really did pay off. But I wonder, I would love to do a survey of medical students going into residency and seeing where – the program director and the program director qualities fit on a priority of choosing a residency. Um, Because I think that, and maybe this is hindsight now that I am a resident and I have this perspective, but I think that it's really important to choose a program director that, uh, you know, fits maybe a different mold than just what their CV is and Mm -hmm. how many publications they have. And that personality really, really matters. Yeah, absolutely. And all of those things that are kind of on paper, I think, are impressive and they'll obviously get you through the door. But um, certainly being personable, um, being somebody who people can feel like they can come to, being approachable, those are all qualities that you can't really write on a resume. And I think that's really what counts more so than anything else, just personally from my own experiences um, you know, as a resident and also from, from the people that I, that I know that I've, that I've spoken to, um, in your opinion, is there anything that program directors can or should do to support their residents? Um, you know, whether that's creating more like wellness days, whether that's having more dinners at their house, what do you think that, um, you know, PDs can do better to serve their residents? Mm-hmm. So I, I will, talk again from my the only perspective that I have which is my institution mm-hmm. and I will kind of fall back as well on some of the research that Stanford Medicine is coming out 
with uh, in regard to physician wellness and what leads to professional f fulfillment for physicians, which I would argue in definitely includes residents. And in summary, they define like three broad categories of personal resilience, a culture of wellness, and efficiency of practice. And I think that those three categories are a good place for a program director to start. And so examples from my own institution in regard to personal resilience, I each resident, when they start as APGY1, gets a, a, a book on resiliency as like an introduction gift to the program. Cool. Um, and... And then I would say our our residency does a decent job at encouraging residents to take responsibility for the success of their residency program. I think a sense of ownership in in your work is something that residents honestly don't always have. And I think that having that makes your work life so much more enjoyable when you can actually be invested and feel like you have some say in in what happens and mm -hmm. the outcomes of your program at large. And then specifically to my program director's credit, he is a, a he is a huge sports fan and so <laughs> he will use a lot of like pep talk, like huddle uh, talk when he talks to us as residents in terms of kind of, you know, keep going. Mm -hmm. You got this. Like it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, you know, just supportive talk and it might sound funny and we all laugh at the time, but it actually is really meaningful to have mm -hmm. that perpetual reassurance and someone that like, is constantly kind of coaching you and encouraging you through the tough times as well as the, as, as well as the good times. And then in terms of a culture of wellness, um, my hospital system at large, I think does a pretty good job at fostering wellness. My program director is very supportive of everything that has been implemented. Some of the examples would be our employee assistance program allows all residents to to seek counseling services anonymously so your name gets randomly assigned to this number and so on all formal documents your name is not on them and i think that as much as you know the stigma of mental health and mental illness is changing there are still barriers that we have to be realistic about. And then that's just one less barrier for residents to be able to seek care when they need it. We also have biannual check-ins with our employee health and wellness program. Um, and then also just uh, having a an open door policy as a program director. My program director is available not only by email, but by phone and text message. I know some program directors might not be okay with that. And I, I am at a pretty small program, but I can see if it was a larger program, <laughs> that mm -hmm. could be overwhelming. <laughs> but, but I guess just uh, making accessibility a priority is mm -hmm. important. 
And then having a program director that not only asks you how you're doing professionally, but also asks you how you're doing personally. Yeah. And then I would say just lastly, um, in terms of efficiency of practice, um, having a program director that really is strict on having residents work at an appropriate level within the institution with increased workload and responsibilities over time. So I guess breaking that down is not with psychiatry residency specifically making sure that you're not missing out on clinical education because of, you know, uh, scheduling outpatient appointments or, um, getting them established with care outside of the hospital when they transition or something like that. Um, and being bogged down on kind of logistical paperwork or I guess to talk more about the increased workload and responsibilities over time, I think that's a, that it's important to, as a PGY one have realistic expectations for PGY ones and realize that that workload and responsibility will change over time, but to give those responsibilities and workload to residents as, as they, as they grow and as they become capable of being able to handle that without, you know, burning residents out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really important point for sure. Um, Balancing just being kind and, you know, approachable and, someone who builds community, like the example you gave with your program director, where he has these like cute little huddles and things like that. Those small things make a big difference, but then also having enough of a appropriate rapport, I guess, with uh, your residents to where you can bring up situations or circumstances where they're perhaps not performing in the right way or not, you know, following through with their clinical duties or not meeting milestones um, when it comes to appropriate, you know, training milestones as they move through their PGY years, um, I think that's, I guess, that's where the art of being a program director <laughs> comes in because logistically you could do all of those things and you know cross off all of those like those things on a list or check off those check boxes, but as a person and as a as a you know somebody in a position of leadership, if you're not able to foster the right relationships with your trainees and with uh, people that are expecting you to guide them towards becoming a competent physician, then then in my opinion, none of that stuff really translates and perhaps it doesn't even matter. So I think just having both of those things is so crucial. Do you feel like that's the case as well? Yes, absolutely. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. And I think it's, it's tough. I think it's tough being in a position where you're, um, constantly expected to to lead these people um, that are you know just coming out of medical school and transition them into the world of medicine in the appropriate way um, and uh, you know it, it, where I found the most sort of like red flag when I was um, doing uh, residency interviews for adult psych residency was when there was a program where program directors were constantly being turned over. Because that to me just kind of signaled like, oh, like maybe they just haven't found the right fit or perhaps the leadership hasn't been stable or consistent or maybe they're just 
having trouble creating a culture of guidance, um, you know, that kind of thing. Was there anything in particular a factor for you as you were choosing a psychiatry residency program? Did you think about the program director or the interviews you had with them or how the leadership felt when you interviewed? That's a good question. I agree. I think that, and that's a testament to, I guess, what the study found as well, that a program director with less than five years experience um, potentially has has worse outcomes. And so if a program has constant turnover with that position, that, that should be a red flag. Other things that, I, that come to mind, whether or not the program director interviewed medical students interested in their program. Uh, I know uh, I didn't actually meet the program director at all of my uh, interviews. It obviously is a huge asset to be able to actually sit down and have a personal conversation with the program director to be able to get a mm -hmm. sense of how personable and supportive and accessible they may be. And I guess this is such a psychiatry thing to say, but it was just kind of a general feeling mm -hmm. that I got and how comfortable that person was able to make me feel in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that a lot of these, uh, interview processes are so subjective and, and it, and you're right, it does come down to a feeling. And I think that feeling for me, at least, and for a lot of people, it definitely, you know, the culture of the program starts and stops with the PD, um, whether you like it or not. And so um, subliminally or subconsciously or not, we're looking to the program director to give us a sense of the culture of the program. And if, if I know, you know, people that are interviewing now, if they don't get a good sense of it, even if the program is amazing in every other capacity, um, you know, they, they may not end up ranking the program high um, because the people that you work with are kind of what make or break your experience. Um, so I think PDs have a tough job <laughs> and certainly, I, you know. <laughs> I hear you. And I would say that you know, as as humans, we none of us, we are all susceptible to this, but we we model the behavior of our leaders. So mm -hmm. I would say that I think something important to keep in mind when potentially evaluating a program director is: does this person model the type of physician or leader that I I want to be? Mm -hmm. Um, because, because ultimately the, the, their model will be an example for your own behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Whether you like it or not, you know, you're, you're going to pick up on both their mannerisms. You're going to pick up on how they treat patients. You're going to pick up on just how they evaluate patients, how they assess people. Everything is going to trickle down to you. And, and, uh, so you have to pick a good one. <laughs> I think yes. that's the moral of the story um, is just to kind of do your best to, to make sure that you pick one that kind of fits into the kind of uh, position that you want to be. So, um, but and yeah. then go ahead for all, for all, for all of those listeners out there who are in a position who are like, well, I picked one. I thought I picked a good one, but now <laughs> I'm not so sure. I don't, I want to 
put a, a a positive word out there for any of those individuals as well, and and just say that I don't know how this is run at other institutions, but I think that an area of improvement that I see is having feedback about program directors be something that is more accessible or more in line with how we evaluate our teaching attendings. Because I don't see as much, you know, I, at least at our program, we are getting evaluations monthly on the, the attendings that we're with on service. But the availability of providing feedback for a program director is more limited. And maybe programs would do, um, do well to have uh, a line of feedback for program directors as well from their residents. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think maybe there is, for most programs, there's like an, an unofficial or informal line to where there's some way to discuss any kind of conflict you may have, whether it's with an attending or a PD or an associate PD or whomever. But um, when you talk specifically about the evaluations, you know, at, at my institution, we also evaluate all of our attendings that we work with on any given rotation. And and so having a structured way to do that for a PD, what I think, uh, you know, I agree would be beneficial both for the program director as well as um, the residents where they feel like they can at least, their voice can at least be heard on this topic. And it's not just a matter of um, having to deal with somebody that you just, you know, feel like isn't on your side for the better half of four years. Absolutely. Okay, well, I think that's all the, those are all the questions I had. Thank you so much for talking to me. And thank you for giving us so much insight, um, you know, research wise, and also your personal input on how we can kind of like unpack some of these concepts that are really abstract. So putting some structure around it definitely, definitely helps. So thank you for that. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Yazdani. Uh, it was fun. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, it was very fun. Thank you for listening to The Training Office, a podcast about mental health for trainees by trainees. Today, I talked to Dr. Lindsay Poplinski, a PGY2 at Ohio Riverside Methodist Hospital, about the key role of a program director in training quality of life. This topic covers wellness and protection, one of the four areas of focus within my campaign as an RFMTE candidate within the APA Board of Trustees. To learn more, please visit urujasaniforapa.com.